I'm Review Cultist. And I'm Mikey. The E stands for evil. And we're here to discuss those internet stories most creepy and most pasta. Tonight we have Oceanic. So for those of you just tuning in, creepypastas are short internet stories that get copied and pasted across the internet. You can go Google them and you'll find a a bunch of them. Um, This one is not a short creepypasta. Um, This one is a very long creepypasta, kind of clocking in at about 37 pages according to Google Docs. Oh. Um, and uh, it has multiple chapters and was written by a um, uh, by an author that has been on the sh- on the show before, uh, Sean Cognition or Sean Howells CP on Creepasta.wiki, and it is the second installment and a prequel to his In Torment series. So uh, you can check it out at Creepasta.wiki. Unfortunately, this one doesn't have any reading online. I feel that is a shame because. His stories should get re- get read a few uh, like, well, like I feel like they 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 do like offer like they would be like, it would be cool to have them being read as well. It, well, the problem is the writing doesn't lend itself to being read. Why? How so? We'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> the, there's distinct issues with it that if you were to read it out loud. You, like even I, myself reading it was like that doesn't work. No, don't do that. Why? <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll have to get into that after the the rundown, which is a skimmed down version because I basically yeah. like summarized. I went through each chapter as I was reading each chapter. I'd stop and like break down a couple of sentences to summarize each one. So to make it a little bit shorter, because man, this one is a long read. Um. So, uh, yeah, we'll just dive into this one. So a group of friends, uh, three 20-somethings and a 40-year-old fatherly figure, are celebrating their month-long deep fish tri- uh, deep fishing trip at a bar in Coral Gables, Florida. Um, they go the next day out to the boat, um, a nice, well-described and well-fueled fishing boat, and prepare to leave. Uh, while three of them sleep, the older one, uh, Vinny, starts taking uh, the boat out to the spot where they're going to basically be for a month. Um, Michael, the uh, one of the uh, one of the 20 somethings, uh, has a dream while he's sleeping um, that where he is alone on an older and rusted version of the boat in the Pamphylasia, um, which he just suddenly knows about. Um also, it's all purple, like lighting. Like, the lighting is all purple and dark. Um, here he meets a masked man in a trench coat and one of his masters, Mendez. Mendez and Ereshkigal, as well as Enki, um, want Michael to build some ritual things and complete a test by killing his friends. By the way, Michael is a cultist to some dark entities. Anyway... He agrees, but only if Melody, um, his would-be girlfriend and one of the three other people on the uh, fishing trip, uh, survives. Uh, The entities agree to this, and then Michael wakes up uh, not without some questions, and join the club. (laughs) Um, 
So we then have some intense fishing action uh, to dull the memory of that of that whole dream sequence and event. And after a full day of fishing, and eventually some good dinner uh, from the local culinary expert Josh, the last of the four people on the boat uh, to be mentioned, they get a great sighting of dolphins before Michael sh- uh, shares his feelings for with Melody, uh, who reciprocates, and they share a kiss as the others head off to sleep, uh, as well as do some chores. Um... And then Michael transitions, while kissing Melody, back to the purple-lit vision world of the Panthalasia, where we get some more detail on the way things are work, and, or on the way things work, and that Michael must complete his tasks that night. Um, after a brief confrontation with the masked man and a large thing rising and hitting the boat from below, Mike wakes up and is still kissing Melody. Um, he leaves her to help Josh. Uh, with the fish and some chores, while she's up uh, up top on the deck, they bring the packs of fish that they caught that day uh, to the storage room, uh, basically like a cold room in this large fishing boat, mm-hmm. and uh, where a cornucopia of slasher flick opportunities arise. And indeed, what follows is straight out of an 80s slasher flick. Um, Joshua is butchered by Mike under the eye of the masked man, uh, he is then told to eat parts of Josh, which he does, fully transforming him into the monster he was destined to be. He gets some more answers and then leaves to finish the job with Vinny. When he goes to Vinny, who's sleeping, um, the man wakes up and immediately retaliates. Uh, a boat-wide battle ensues. Uh, it ends with Melody in the fetal position uh, at the end of the boat, with, on the, and on the other end of the boat, Vinny is slain by fuel by a fuel fire and a gunshot. Uh, the masked man reveals his face um, to be that of the likeness of Judas, the betrayer. Uh, and in fact, we find out the masked man seems to have inspired that and other figures in historical myth cycles. Um, he allows Michael to comfort Melody after all this horrible shit. Uh, when he redu- when he reaches her. It's discovered that she was told everything and persuades him to fulfill his mission here, which was to kill all of them, not just save her. Um, this deed leaves him uh, leaves Michael broken. Um, in this broken state, he bangs Melody's corpse to show that her of her love, maybe. <laughs> um, after Dread, uh, who we find out is the masked man's actual like identity, or at least that's the name he's going by. Uh, reveals his intent to disconnect humanity from Anu, who is also Ereshkigal and Enki. Um, they're all the same person, just different names. Um, to yeah, so he wants to disconnect humanity from Anu's cycle of testing, um, trying to bring Michael back to the light side. But Michael, broken and deranged uh, from the tests, is full on Sith mode, and a devout cultist to Enki or Anu or. Ereshkigal. Um, Dread departs as Mendez f- uh, fills Michael in on the plans ahead. After sending Michael away um, and along onto his uh, new goal, Mendez confronts Dread regarding his rebellion against Anu and leaves with doubts. Dread then summons Cthulhu to destroy the boat and any evidence of the murder. The end. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, is it Cthulhu or a Kraken? I, it's either a Kraken. Like I, I, I did Cthulhu because cultist. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I like I. In all seriousness, it's it, like it, it sounds like it's some kind of like um, crazy awesome like eldritch aquatic being. I don't know if it's it's not probably not Cthulhu, but it's yeah like a Kraken. Or, like, it's like the Kraken from um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing, or just some big old sea monster that has yeah. been basically throughout the story just in the vision world, not in the real no, world. It's been in the real world. Oh, has it? There was a connection that uh, didn't, didn't make catch. sense to me until, you were... until it, I reached the end, and I was like, "Frig," <laughs> which is what. Um. The, uh, what, you, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, this is going to be part of thoughts. So yeah. I, but we'll, well, I want to see. I want to hear this first. Uh, well, at, at one point, uh, this is after they've had their meal. They yeah. hear a the screech. screech. Yeah. And say, "Oh, it's just dolphins. Dolphins don't screech." I was thinking that because, like, because I basically like as in my notes, I have that written down. Um, I was like, and we get the like the the cliche like eighties like jump scare of like, what the hell is that sound? Oh god! And then they go up to the they get to the boat. It's like, or Josh gets to the end of the boat. It's like, oh, it's just dolphins, guys. And then it's like, oh, psycho jump scare. That's what I kind of thought it was. But you think it was actually the creature yeah. below? Okay, yeah. I like that. I like I, I could do that with that. And maybe that's why the dolphins were there. Or... Maybe like they were thirty feet off. They're like, get the fuck out of dodge. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also, um, with regards to uh, something I don't have in my notes because uh, I just left it out. Um, the psalm, the title of what is it? Psalm. Ah, Psalm one oh seven twenty nine. Yeah, no, uh, I didn't. Unfortunately, that was the one I didn't actually look up, but I meant to. Is that something to do with fish? Um, no. It, it didn't have anything to do with fish. I, I looked it up. Um, uh, I really didn't understand how it fit with the story, to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I wish I had looked it up a little bit more, but I had Because, like, I, I saw multiple versions of it, and I was just like, okay. Because it has something to do with people getting what they deserve type thing. I mean that kind of works because of not not so much for the people around Michael, but really Michael, <laughs> like kind of getting what he gets or what he deserves. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll go, we'll go into my into the thoughts like proper now. Yeah, yeah. it's just that that kind of felt like a good felt like a good segue to some I, some some comments regarding the ending. Um, all right, so I have six pages of notes by the way, folks. So we're in for a ride, um, and we start off with a quote. Only 21, drinking legally was still a fresh taste to him. So this is actually with regards to um, numbers in the story. Because um, only 21, like 21 is, is a number. Mm-hmm. However, throughout the rest of the story, he uses both wording and numbers of to, to describe a number. And I just, for me, like like as, like, as a writer and some of that, generally I've been taught that... Uh, to stick to either numbers or the word of a number in a story and uh, not use both of them. Like, it's in kind of poor taste, at least. That's what I've been brought up with when it comes to English and writing. Uh, well, there's different schools of thought on that. Uh, the key being, uh, like, up to a certain number, you write it down. Yeah. And then from that number on, you put the number. Because it's easier but then it really depends okay yeah um i know for whatever reason 23 is sticking in my head for some reason 
that, that being that the, the cutoff point. Maybe it's because that's that movie, that horror movie uh, with Jim Carrey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it is, yeah, yeah. It, because it, well, it might have just been a an elementary school thing where it's like, write it out. You know how to write this number. Maybe out, that's and maybe then, that's where it kind of yeah. Well, uh, that, that's what kind of caught me when I started reading because you kept using numbers as well as the actual, and then writing out the number itself. Yeah, when they were like, and they weren't too far apart from each other, like. But like I I know when once you reach a certain point, um, like writing it out doesn't really make much sense. Okay, like yeah. writing out one hundred and fifty two. Yeah, is a lot. You might as well just put it in one fifty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just it, it was like if you're gonna like, you should probably just stick with like using the number, not the wording, for me. Yeah, um, when it comes to. But then the story. At, but at the same time, it's writing. So yeah, if you write out the number, we're not gonna fault you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's not really. It's it's really a, like a hardcore nitpick. It was just like something that like I've been brought up as as a writer to, to write, and so, or like when I when I when I write things, I usually try and follow that rule of thumb of either sticking with one or the other. But anyway, um, so moving on to the next, the quote uh, on on the top of his lungs. That on should be at. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, moving on to that. Um, oh, this is a confused... So, I'm kind of confused by this paragraph. Mm-hmm. To the right, the area they would be fishing, on the oh, dock, yes. they were several large deep-sea oh, fishing poles attached to the boat itself with a sort of mount. To the right, you had to walk around to where the drive-in compartment was. Though it was had a mast, this boat was motorized... This really like yeah that kind of a clunky paragraph. Well, um, and why say what's on the right side of the, the boat twice? Well, th- this goes into the one of the big issues that I have with this story. Okay, the fact that he doesn't use nautical terms when there's a uh, boat. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and saying, oh, to the right, you look down at the dock, and that's where they're going. Like, well, why don't you just say, look down at the dock? Yeah. And you see um, the thing. Also, and, yeah, and also, like, um... It, like, the pro- big problem is, it took me until later in the story to realize exactly how the boat was configured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, um, which could have been cleared up with, right at the beginning with nautical, terms. with nautical terms, because they mean specific things. You can't go wrong, and if people have to look up what the nautical terms mean, they're learning. It's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's a good thing. And <laughs> yeah. this uh, seems to be a trend with his writing, because if you recall, Nightman, he was making up. Um, well, detective he, he slang. He wasn't making up. He wasn't making them <laughs> up. He was using ones that were incorrect. Well, because they were like they no. they sounded like noir. They they sounded things. sort of like detective slang, but they weren't. Yeah, the, like that's like the thing he, he could. It seems like like uh, the way I, the way I kind of interpret it. It seems like he ha- he puts a lot of research in most of what he does, but then there's things that get neglected to be researched. Like again. Um, I do bring it up later on, like, man, I know a shit ton about fishing now, like, the procedure of fishing, um, like, because of the step-by-step de- descriptors of, uh, for that, that one thing, <laughs> but, yeah, like, then suddenly, like, but, like, for somebody who, like, is describing, like, fishing, like, a huge, like, like, a big badass fishing trip, you don't use a lot of nautical terms, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, you just a little bit more research is is needed to, or like to just to, to capture that to capture the the feel of that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at least in terms of like the subject, or, like the setting at hand, because like he got the eighties part down for me, anyways. Like the yeah. whole like eighties horror vibe going. Because um, seriously, as I was reading this, this, like I couldn't not get eighties uh, slasher flicks out of my head, like as a as like what he was, how he was emulating the story. Um, but yeah, then there's parts that like again, like the nautical terms aren't there, so it's like he writes a lot of stuff about being on a boat and doesn't use nautical terms. So yeah, so you, you don't know where on the boat certain things are until he gives you the reference points and like I had to use the steering wheel as a reference point. Yeah, pretty much from because that's the only reference point that he truly gives is and, the center of the boat with the. Well, even then, that, yeah. that, that's pretty much the back of the boat. Yeah. Because from the steering wheel, you can go down the stairs to everywhere else below, and then from the steering wheel, you can go to the front of the boat. <laughs> yeah. So it, it took me a while to get that connection <laughs> that the steering wheel was at the back. It's like, okay, now it all sort of works, but... Until that, it needs to be. It needs to be clarified a little bit more at the beginning. It needs, it needs to be clarified how it's laid out and not just left, right. Yeah, the left and right, like like especially when he was going down to the bit. Like, th- there are parts of it that I feel like need to be like less like super descriptive like that because it was. Um, I'll get into it like later. Oh. I have other parts. Uh, of my, when like, he's going like, down, yeah, like into the boat, the left and right and forward make sense because yeah. you go down the stairs. Where do you go? Left, right, forward. Yeah, exactly, That's yeah. the only options you have. But when you're on the on top, on the, yeah, on the deck, itself. on the deck, you're like, oh well, left and right. And it's like, well, that means nothing because I don't know which way the character is facing. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, with that paragraph, um, <laughs> so yeah, it says like on the dock there were several large deep sea fishing poles attached to the boat itself and with a sort of uh, mount. Wait, is it on the dock or the boat? Those those fishing rods, <laughs> like the fishing rods are on it, the the boat. <laughs> yeah, but it was it's it just yeah. a fairly clunky paragraph. Yeah, because because at the start he's talking about the dock, and then he's on the boat, and to the and then to the yeah. same direction. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I was like, are, is there supposed to be like a like to the left on this side? It was that, and then to the right. Like maybe that's what I was thinking. Like I was I was thinking like maybe that maybe he'd screwed up and like put right twice. But but if again if you yeah. had the the nautical terms it would be a little easier yeah if you had the nautical terms and said at the bow of the boat which is the front of the boat that's where the fishing rods are hey yeah exactly <laughs> um, oh Jesus okay yeah, here's another uh, yeah um, <clears throat> this is another thing about paragraphing so as well um, it was made of, th- of a thick rubber inflated with fuel t- for quick use it held a large sum of fuel. With a house, uh, with a house on top, so that it could be easily uh, could be added to, or blah, so that it could be added straight to the boat. The rest was all kept in internal fuel tanks, which were located through the, uh, uh, through a door in the bedroom. Fuel went from there to the fuel bladder, to the ship's engine. All a simple process. So that whole paragraph about fuel on the boat mm-hmm. may be a little bit of unnecessary padding. Yeah, um, all you have like, to do is say, we had enough supplies. And to segue on that, <laughs> heading down to the bedroom to uh, to the to place the fuel in, into storage, Joshua began whistling. Following his da- following him down, Melody was already good, good to sleep. There's more fuel storage? 
How many fuel storage do we got on this ship anyhow? Yo. I knew it. I'm surrounded by fuel storage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, here's a quote. It's like, we have enough... We have enough of everything. Certainly got fuel. <sighs> yeah, just so much like yeah. like. There's such a focus on like on like minu- the minutia of the trip that it, it kind of. It, this is part of the problem with 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 the uh, nightman was it was too step by step descriptor when it really wasn't needed. Yeah, um, like it, some of that could be skimmed out or could be like. Cut out a little bit yeah. to make room to put room to, to get rid of some of the padding, which yeah. is kind of what it feels like. I basically just say we did our final checks and made sure that we had all the supplies needed for our month long trip. Yeah, exactly. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, bear in mind, uh, audience and Mikey, these sensory, uh, a lot of my notes are also like done basically doing it live while I was reading the story. I would take comments on the uh, Google Doc I was using. So uh, some of them are reactionary to quotes, <laughs> um, if you haven't noticed yet. Uh, so here's another one uh, The Lord within P- Panthalasia. So I had to look it up, and the name, uh, Panthalasia, is the name of the super ocean around Pangaea back in prehistory. Yeah, I looked that up too. You know. <laughs> Amazing what Google can do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure if it was like a mythical place or something that. Because I've never, I never, I've always, I've always heard Penji, of course, but I've never heard yeah. the, uh, what the ocean was named. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit on that, um, you've been here before. Your master's version of what you call home. The man said with a soft yet disturbing voice, "Panthalasia, who are you?" Michael responded curiously. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, so this is, uh, so, and then, and then I, I continue on. Um, yeah. yeah like... Behind him was Mendez, towering over the masked man. His skeletal servine head looked down on the figure, his body covered in black robes, which reached the floor. Only his head and hands showed, both constructed from bone. What? And continuing... Yeah. Mendez, I thank you, uh, Mendez, I thank you for coming in my, into my presence once more. Whatever you command, it shall be done, he said, ecstatic to see his master. What? <laughs> okay, so it might be because this is a dream, and in dreams you just know things, but now Michael's a cultist? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not really mentioned. It, it's not mentioned. You, you don't know anything until that point, and then it's like, oh... He's been here before, he knows things, and he's a cultist. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and... Okay. It, I did have to look up the one word uh, that explains the uh, head. Essentially, uh, it's, it's a deer head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Latin word for deer. Yeah, so that... I was like, oh, okay, so we've got a deer skull... Man. Bone elemental <laughs> that is made of shadow, and a masked man. Yeah, <laughs> wearing a... A classical theater happy mask. Yeah, the laughter, the the <laughs> yeah, the comedy mask. Yeah, and uh, a trench coat with a hoodie. Yeah, um, in the primordial ocean. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is purple for some reason. Yeah, purple it, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> purple. <laughs> um, turns out that it's uh, the king in yellow's uh, brother, or Erskall is actually the king in yellow's uh, brother, the the, uh, the Baron and Fuchsia. <laughs> Um, so here's another quote Um, the masked man shook his head as if to mock the name of Ereshkigal walking down to the side of the boat letting out a snarky laughter Uh, I think it should just be laugh since there's 
yeah. an a or an a before the that like singular over laughter be uh, generally being a plural like because laughter is generally a plural whereas laugh is kind of a yeah yeah a singular um mendez added almost like he expected michael to know the test that seems to be an assumption for the reader as well <laughs> to just know about these tests and that oh michael's a cultist now well, the the thing is, I, I sort of understand some of it because if you want to keep the readers in the dark, yeah, to no, some yeah. degree. Um, uh, and but, it, again, it, it isn't too far off from like eighties horror movies where like sometimes the char- one of the characters is actually on the inside and, and like he's basically getting orders from some dark thing or something like that in dreams, and then the wake world he's no he's an old person until he acts his plan acts his plan. Mm-hmm. It's something I've seen in in stories and in movies and stuff, so it's not too far off of assumption. It's just it's a little jarring <laughs> when suddenly, yeah, like that's what's happening, and that yeah. our character seems to know, even though we've not had any kind of mm-hmm. pretense of that knowledge or him even really acting weird. Like the most we kind of get is that he's kind of introverted uh, at the bar, yeah, but yeah. he lets go and some of that, and so like that's it's not that wasn't really enough for me to like. To ease into this, okay, so he's a cultist now. It was like kind of really jarring. It's like what? All right. Um, I have so many questions. <laughs> they don't get answered. <laughs> uh, here's another quote: A large dark shadow, which seemed to resemble a monstrously sized squid, was heading towards the boat, only a few dozen yards away. The boat began to shake as Michael fell on his ass. All right. So for me. The use of ass kind of steals the reverence for the oncoming monster and horror. Kind of makes that whole scene, that whole paragraph, or that whole like dialogue, feel a little bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> like my ass. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, it's like the creature was coming up. Oh my! Like he was gripped with fear, so much so that he fell on his ass. <laughs> like it kind of it kind of steals away the the the, the seriousness, the serious yeah. tone when you use ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was uh, here's another one uh, here's another quote it was certainly not the first thing Mendez or Ereshkigal asked of him, on him but these were his friends yes Michael follow the way of Myers <laughs> again another reactionary one because as I'm watching Michael descend into this monster um, alright so we got the next quote um, leaning it between his legs he detached the hook now dangling in front of his face Raising the small fish to the hook, he pushed it down, giving a slight resistance, and then none. He watched as the hook exited the other side of the bait, leaving it squirming around. Intense fishing action! <laughs> yeah. Again, that was like the one where it's like, man, I know so much about fishing now. <laughs> yeah. Story, like the, the, uh, he goes so much in depth on like certain things in the story. Yeah. Well, and I actually have that quote... Uh, listed here, uh, and my my beef with it was that he doesn't specify it at the beginning. So leaning it between his legs. Oh no! Uh, oh no! <laughs> and you're left wondering: uh, is he leaning the fishing hook or the fish that he just picked up, or what is it? Be a little bit, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the story actually, there's something later, like another uh, one of my quotes later on has something very similar to that in terms of like I was confused as to who was talking or who yeah. exactly was getting punched <laughs> or yeah. 
Yeah, that's one um, of the big issues. Yeah. So, and then here we leave off with another quote. You excited for 30 days of this? Of course I am. 30 days away from bad coffee and loud music? What about you? Joshua added a little bit of soft singing from behind them as a joke when he heard her. Your face to face with the man who sold the world. Stop that, she said, without even turning to see him. How dare you, Melody? Bowie and Nirvana will not be denied, especially in the 80s. <laughs> the little silly little quote. <laughs> Just like, God damn it. Another quote. It was only as the sun began to approach the horizon that Joshua stood up to prepare their dinner. So usually this kind of concluding paragraph or two would feel, like, this is the end of the, the chapter, basically, yeah. would feel a little rushed to me. Like, the whole, uh, it was, because it was uh, also precluded, or preceded with uh, kind of uh, almost summary of, like, the rest of the day. Like, they did that one, they did that big fishing action thing yeah. sequence, um, like, where, like, they all suddenly got fish, and then they basically, he basically summarized in a paragraph that the whole day was fraught with, like, tons of catching of fish and some of that. But it didn't, like, go into detail at all. Yeah. Um, and usually I would consider that, uh, like, in any other story, I would consider that kind of rushing. However, because it's basically, like, the end of a chapter, it kind of, like, concludes it very well. Like, especially after we, we get, like, an in-depth scenario of, of what, of, like, of the fishing sequence. And suddenly it just goes to... Um, uh, just a summary of the rest of the day because the rest of the day is not needed to be really described. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of works for me in this story, in this instance, because it's also the, a good closing um, uh, segment for the for this chapter, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, furthermore, the details are very intricate uh, and sometimes step by step. But by God, if I don't know the fully inner workings of fishing <laughs> with that with that one scenario. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so where, and also just as a, like a side note, so whereas the Nightman was noir as hell, for me, Oceanic is coming across 80s as, uh, 80s horror as hell. Like, it feels very much like Jaws or a slasher flick up at this point. Like, we have, like, the, we get to know the characters a little bit before the, the horrible shit happens. Mm -hmm. um, we get to, like, the, we, we, it's something that doesn't happen a lot in movies nowadays, but, like, in horror movies back in those days, you got to know the characters a little bit more, like, within, like, for 30 or 40 minutes before the movie really started rolling. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of feels like he's, I don't know if this is the case, but it feels like he's emulating that kind of 80s vibe. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then we just keep going. Um... So, as they saw Josh's head come into view, followed by the rest of him. Well, thank God for that, because that would have been <laughs> terrifying. Although, it would make a pretty interesting twist. Like, who killed him? Like, <laughs> Michael was here the entire time. Yeah. Or I was thinking, like, his head just floated up the stairs. <laughs> um... He said, and this one's kind of another stupid, silly one. He said with his usual tormenting smile, almost like he's in torment. I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, end of podcast. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't get you can't get rid of me that easily. Um, his shit-eating grin always pissed Michael off, almost like you want to kill him. <laughs> Again, these are reactionaries to like the quotes I was reading in the story. So, uh, all right, all right, point made. Just stop, damn it! So he said, finishing the, his meal. This follows a bunch of other like reminiscing banter and stuff that's going on in this in this part of the story. And man, I'm gonna miss these characters when they 
uh, when they just get when they uh, inevitably get killed off in an eighties horror style movie, or or eighties horror style like story, because they, they've just been fun so far, and just like oh man, I'm gonna miss these guys. They're all wearing red shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we keep going. Uh, just as their plates left their hands, a loud screech filled the air. In keeping with 80s horror cliche, on cue the monster sound after some good times. Love it. Um, and then we segue to this. Guys, we've got dolphins over here. You can see them pretty good. Even a psycho jump scare sequence. Yeah, and, and and then you brought up earlier. It's like that. It's actually like, not like yeah. Because when I first heard that, I was, when I first read that, I was like, oh shit! So, like that's the big monster that we saw. We heard we saw earlier in the vision. It's ba- it's here. <laughs> and then it turned out to be dolphins. I was like, oh man, psycho jump scare, just like in eighties horror movies. Yeah, but then the fact that dolphins don't screech, yeah, not loud enough that from thirty feet away that you would cover your ears, yeah. Um, and this is the last sentence of uh, that chapter of this new chapter. He closed his eyes and pushed forward before he inexplicably felt inhumanly cold. All I can say about this chapter, like the whole like the the reminiscing with the buddies, and then suddenly the like the the. The psych out, like, oh no, something horrible is about to happen. Oh no, it's just dolphins, guys. And then, like, um, his like whole like uh, his intimate relationship uh, with um, Melody, uh, and, and then like just transitioning to like him going back into the vision world because that's what happens right after this. Mm-hmm. All I can say is really smooth move. I really I kind of dig it. Like, I, like I, I dig this part. Like, because again, we're getting to know these characters <laughs> right before they die. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's it's how you do how you build up an '80s or like an '80s style like horror story or like just a horror story in general. It doesn't even have to be '80s. Um, that's just the vibe I keep getting whenever I when uh, as I was reading this entire story, um, I just kept getting that kind of vibe from it. So, um, another question. All right, so. Um, he is convinced your species is better off saved and freed of Ereshkigal, or as we have just referred to him, Enki's cycle. Ah, so Enki is Ereshkigal. Was confused there, but not just there. Because <laughs> as we then find out, like, um, there's just so many different names for him. And I, get, I move on to that with, no, I do not follow Enu, nor his cycle. God, another name. Stick to one mask, Nyarlathotep. <laughs> like, because that's basically seems to be what it is. Just like he's he's a, a cosmic entity that has many names or many different like personas, yeah. and it's just like, God damn it, stick to one. Yeah, in the story. Yeah, stick to one because yeah. The- I thought Inky was I thought Inky was another agent, and then I thought. And then, like, I was getting yeah. confused by Anu, and because I actually like when when Anu got brought up, I thought it was like he was like the good force, like some kind of like benevolent force, and not Ereshkigal. Yeah. Like, yeah, like just stick with one name. Like, maybe like yeah. like at some point in the story, mention that he has other names. Yeah, and then many names across different cultures. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why does it matter if he has many names across different cultures if it's just one culture you're dealing with at a time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so one name. Why do you give us the other name? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we go into the uh, this. Oh yeah. And then um, this. Okay. This one's kind of silly, but it's uh, <laughs> free from a loving God, the Creator of to whom all, we are all property. Michael said, "Thanks, Captain Exposition." <laughs> and just like like whereas like most of the like the exposition in the story is like told like very like in parts and like kind of nicely. That part, that one kind of, like it, it just seemed like like Michael was just. <laughs> 
blurting out like something like blatant, like just like just and like no no like bravado bravados about it at all. Just like or no, not that's not a word. No like subtlety at all. It's just like mm-hmm. you mean like, but Anu clearly created us. He's, he's our creator, therefore he is our, like he is our god. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we get another uh, like more description on the mythos uh, uh, of this story of in torment. Uh, Arishkagal finds sentient life and he tests on it. He sees what happens when things go wrong. After he is done or the race dies as a result, he finds new life, teaches it what the last species knew, and continues this cycle. Does that seem like a loving god to you? The man said. So yeah, finally we're getting some answers after reading The Nightman and now this story mm-hmm. on to as to the mythos that's going on. And I bring that up later on because like the way it is parsed out over the course of the story, um, like we get more and more answers about the cosmology and the mythos that's working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Which is not what we kinda or which was a lot more confusing in The Nightman than it is in this story, I have to say. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is if you'd read this first before Nightman No, actually I think there are, Nightman need, did need to be read first because of all the other because there are some easter eggs in this one t- toward the Nightman and I feel or it might also help the, or it might also be explained that the Nightman I don't know like I feel like this one like you should read the Nightman first before you read this one because you do get a little bit that, reading the Nightman and then reading this story I'm a little bit richer for what the Nightman was about even yeah. though I was super fucking confused by the end of that one. Now is that because there's still technically prequels and we haven't gotten to the main saga yet? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this is listed as a prequel. Yeah, no, so. it is It is a prequel. It's not quite in Torment's uh, main series yeah. yet, but... Um, but this one is hand- this one handles the prequel element a lot better than Nightman. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the Nightman, um, Smith and Wesson model twenty nine three forty four caliber, just two years old. It reminds me of an old revolver someone I once knew used. Okay, that's a nice little callback for readers of the Nightman because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's obviously the one that Tagger used, or yeah. similar to the revolver Tagger used. Um, if I recall correctly, it was Doctor Leviathan that was. Complains like you don't need the details of the gun. It's yeah. a gun. <laughs> yeah. Although you can say it once. Yeah. I still I still That's stand true. by my comment that you could use yeah. it once in the story. You don't have to because he it, kept using it. The problem. Yeah. Was. He kept using yeah. it. Nightmare. But in this one, it's used once. Yeah. So it, and it's harkened back to something. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You took this. Uh, you took this from his lockbox. How did you even gain access to it? How did you? How didn't you wake him up? Okay, that's a pretty... At this point in the game, that's a pretty silly question to ask, Michael. (laughs) He's dealing with supernatural entities. Right? That can bend space and time. But he can't believe that he can open a lockbox stealthily. (laughs) Or even just just stick his hand in. Or just mad it out. Or just like... (laughs) Just like snap his fingers and summon it into his hand. Yeah. uh, Or an entirely different gun. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, this one's another... Like, this one, I, I like, in terms of the writing, I have an issue with. <laughs> she'd think I'm some carnage... Uh, she'd think I'm some carnage-filled freak! Okay, you could have just gone with murderous psychopath, because, yeah. like, <laughs> carnage-filled freak is a little... Like... <sighs> It's a little weird, like yeah. compared to like. Why didn't you just use murderous psychopath? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's the more common. I, I, maybe like to be different, but like just stick with something that people readers are going to be familiar with. Yeah, in terms of like 
what somebody's actually going to say. Yeah. 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 Um, you'll have to... You'll ha- uh, Yeah. Here's another one. You'll have this return to you when it is needed. I can't see you sneaking around with a revolver in a flannel. That sounded like foreshadowing, as with the overly large inner pocket mentioned earlier on in his flannel shirt. Yeah. Um, because when he puts on the flannel shirt, he has like, oh, like an inner pocket. It's always like way too large. And, so, and it's like, hmm, that sounds like foreshadowing as <laughs> to so what's going to be hidden in there. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really care for the fact that he just says flannel and not flannel shirt. Yeah. Wait, what do you, wait, he's just wearing a flannel shawl? <laughs> or like, I'm just wearing, wearing flannel <laughs> fabric. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> like, he's just uh, got a cape on. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, I don't know if it's like, Dependent on location where people wear flannel shirts, that they yeah. just call it flannel. But it just sort of—I didn't care for that because. Fair enough. It could be more descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I'm still I'm not even halfway through my notes. <laughs> dun, Jesus. Dun, 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 dun. Um, notes. When he reached Joshua, he was expecting some sort of smart remark. Uh, or joke at his expense. Instead, Joshua gave him a half-smile and nodded his head very lightly and handed Michael the cooler he was holding. Aw, I'm really going to miss Josh. Also, damn it, Michael, you are a bastard (laughs) for doing all this horrible shit to your friends. (laughs) Um, Man, I don't know what to call the miracle catch. Uh, The massive amount of fish or what you're heading for? think it should be an A there where the the was. Like, should, uh, I don't know what to call a miracle catch. Yeah. Because uh, it just seemed the fit better um, for writing. Uh, he was about to do something he'd never live through as a normal person. If he w- could even call himself that at this point. I yeah, couldn't agree more. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're a monster, Michael. <laughs> um... On the furthest, well, on the farthest wall, an airtight packaging center was in the middle of the shelf's area, where plastic bags had meat placed in them, and air was drawn out. Suddenly, I had a cre- suddenly had a creative way to ice Josh go through my head. My slasher sense is tingling <laughs> um, because of the whole. Uh, also, kind of, I guess, more saw <laughs> than slasher <laughs> with the with the. With the uh, air pack or with the uh, bag packing, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, on the table was a wooden topper uh, with a beheaded, relatively small tuna laying flat. It had a slash uh, running down the middle, and the organs already seemed to be have been removed. A machete sticking out of the wood. It was still covered in tuna blood. God, so many choices, Michael. Just gotta go ahead and pick. <laughs> <laughs> um. The entire room was lit by a single hanging light on a chain, creating the, a rather gloomy atmosphere. It even gave Michael the chills, and he was read, already thinking of a way to manage his mission. Literally finished the sentence for me when I was reading this. I was like, because basically it's like, man, it even gave Michael the chills. Because, you know, he's a fucking bastard. He's going to murder everybody. <laughs> or he's the monster in this whole thing. <laughs> A lot of these are again like yeah. There's there's a whole section of these that are really just like reactionary to like to quotes. So, um, damn, you feel that draft? Joshua said, vacuuming the air out of a second bag. Billy, 
god, this whole sequence is straight out of a slasher flick. Um, his eyes rolled, in, uh, rolled into the back of his head. Joshua's corpse was all, almost completely coated in the crimson fluid that once kept him alive. Pulling the blade out of his skull, the newfound corpse fell to the ground, splashing in a collection of its, of its own release life force. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> um, and then that's basically the end of my reactionaries to the slasher flick of the story. Uh, as we move on, um, this one's a chapter title. Uh, Olin's legacy lives on. Hey, the Nightman readers will get this reference. Um, as well as further on. Um, pulling on the larger... Oh yeah, and then this is another quote. Pulling on the largest thing he could get a grip on. He was met with slight resistance, and then almost none at all. Just like baiting a fish earlier. Classy move. <laughs> From the writer, more or less. Okay. Like, just reusing that uh, to kind of like as an analog for like what it, for the whole killing thing. Hmm. Uh, and then we go into the into the into the disgusting part of this whole God. of my of my notes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, so he's now eating Josh by the way and he gets goes for the small intestine at this point. It tasted a bit uh, it tasted a bitter venison with a bit of sour taste and even salt. Though he blamed that on the digestive nature of the organ and the fact that it's where poop is made. <laughs> Uh, simply dropping the, the organ to splash back into the abdomen, he picked up the, mach- the machete again and instantly hacked away at the middle of Joshua's right arm. Uh, first cut it- the first cut itself reached the bone, clicking away at the hard structure. Man, it would be hilarious if Melody came in at that point, uh, to, uh, hearing all the noise and stuff of that. Wait, no, that doesn't happen? Shucks. All right, moving on. Because <laughs> I was expecting like something like that to happen, where like Melody shows up and then, oh no, tragedy! You have to kill her because she knows, <sighs> or something. Um, uh, he was getting uh, he was getting better as he worked more with the machete. It seemed, um, or no, yeah, that's how it should have been uh, written. But it was uh, at the uh, by the end of it, it's like um, as as he worked more with the machete. It seems. Basically, just a, a tense yeah. issue, and I think it's the only one that I've actually not- I noticed, like really badly. So, yeah. um, right, uh, the masked man was let go of Michael's shoulders. Yeah, that sh- that was should not be there. <laughs> um, right, this part. <laughs> if I shoot him, she'll definitely know. I don't know how I'll explain this to her. He looked Michael up and down before continuing. I think it's safe to say she's going to know what you did. You'll find a way to sweet talk her. Be smooth, he said, referencing the blood on his clothes. I really liked Red. He's like a more personable cosmic entity. (laughs) (laughs) Got full of snark. (laughs) Attitude. Without any warning, Vincent opened his eyes. His face full of shock, he curled upwards as the machete came down, causing it to miss him entirely. Spinning in the bed, he kicked Michael in the chest, sending him to the floor. So it seems like Vincent was already was all ready for this. Like, mm. WTF. <laughs> and it's never explained. Like, I thought that we might get like, some kind of like hint that like maybe Vincent uh, Vincent or Vinny knew about the plan or like was in on on the opposite side like he was part of like maybe the uh the mass man's whole like thing but no um he just 
happen to have a gun and a knife on him at all times for, for reasons. I don't even think it's really brought up at the beginning of the story that he's... Is he, like, militarized? Like, a military or anything like that? Um, or combat-hardened? But he just suddenly goes in commando mode in the story. Like, like right here. At the, at the, uh, it just kind of... Like, another one of those jarring moments where it's like, why is this character suddenly, like... Like, I get that, like, oh, shit, you're being attacked by somebody with a machete. You react. Yeah. But it seemed like he was super on the ball and ready for this. For somebody who was planning on hanging out with his friends for a month on a boat. <laughs> well, it... That sort of comes down to um, sort of personal security. Like he yeah. feels secure with, with his the knife and, and the, the gun. gun. But like, but the the and him just like his eyes opened up like, and then just well, goes into gear. Like, what the hell? He honestly, he probably woke up when the Josh thing happened. Oh, yeah. he would hear that. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Like, like he heard the the noises and stuff. Yeah, like that. and then he was just sort of half awake. Right, and then when he closed, when he hears the movement in the room, he opened his eyes. It's like, oh shit! And then, <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just seems really like kind of out of nowhere. Like, uh, like I, I expected him to like you know not get killed at this point and like us have like some kind of altercation. I just didn't expect the like how quickly he responded to it and stuff. But maybe that's just because he's an experienced. Maybe. There's part of his backstory that we're not getting. Yeah. Well, it, he has a knife and a gun, and he knows how to use both. Yeah. That's essentially what it boils down to. Yeah. <laughs> and, Fair enough. Uh, unfortunately, like many Americans, they don't want to go anywhere without their gun. Yeah. So it's that stereotype. Yeah. Well, it is also the 80s, so. Yeah. That kind of stuff happened even, in, even more so in the 80s and stuff like that, so. Um... Michael wasn't thinking of an excuse, nor an exit. He knew he was. Uh, he knew he was figured out, and he wasn't going to stop. He only. Th- he was only thinking of where and how to attack. Where the hell is your gun, sir? It's in the lockbox. No, no, it was in his flannel pocket, wasn't it? No. Oh, he didn't put it in the pocket. No, it wasn't given to him yet. It wasn't. I thought it was no. given to him. No, no, it was handed to him. No, the nightman gave it to him um, after he killed Josh. No. No, am I? Th- I, okay, that's. I thought he had the gun already. All right. Yeah, no, he does because like later on in the fight, uh, when they get up onto the deck, he has the gun and he uses it to shoot the uh, the the fuel. I thought he stabbed the fuel. He he stabbed the fuel to get leaking, and then he used the gun's bullet um, to cause a spark. Then it becomes a matter of going in sneakily without using the gun. So by having Vincent, but at this point Vincent is there. Guard. Yeah, but at this point Vincent is like in commando mode. Like he's like, bam. <laughs> but if if Michael has the gun, yeah, then Vincent can't have the gun. No, Vincent doesn't have the gun at all. Yeah. Like throughout any of this. But the thing is, <laughs> Michael. Wants to go in silently to kill Vincent. I get silently. that. No, I get that, and that's why he had the machete and he had the the gun in his in his in that flannel yeah. pocket. Um, and it becomes an intense fight scene until it gets up on deck, at which point he can pull the gun out. Okay, yeah, fine. I guess it's a, <laughs> I just was like, <laughs> you brought you have a gun in a in a knife fight, <laughs> bang. But he has to, I guess he has to he has to, he doesn't have the quick draw feet <laughs> to pull it out quickly enough for. And and give um, give Vinny a, an attack of opportunity, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to show our gaming side. Uh, <laughs> this. Um, Melody, run to the front of the boat. He said, trying to look out for her safety. Who's talking, Michael or Vinny? 
like I, I thought it was Vinny, but then I kind of like I started thinking I was like I guess it's Michael, like because he also cares about her well being. Like that one, I honestly thought was um, Vincent. Yeah, because yeah, I know he says it earlier. He 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 when he runs upstairs, uh, he does he says like Melody, run, find a place to hide, and then this gets said, and I'm like. That's what I thought it was Vinny or Vincent's um, Vincent saying it like as he was like trying to protect her. But then when I thought it, I was like, well, it could also be Michael. But like, the problem we need is a name. we don't know. Yeah, we need a name. One um, of the big issues is that we're left confused. We're left like, who says that? Yeah, like who just said that? It was like, who's the masked man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's just the masked man? <laughs> um. The crushing forces, or the crushing force of his actions, had begun to take their toll. But nothing, be it any amount of pain, remorse, or sadness, would stop his devotion to Enki. I feel like an explanation on how Michael met Enki. Hey, that sounds like a weird occult rom-com or sitcom. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> might be prudent. Like, find out like how how uh, Michael got caught up in this mess. Mm-hmm. Like, we never get that at all. Like, he's just yeah, surprise. He's a he's a he's a secret cultist. He's a closet cultist to some some eldritch god. Um, yeah, I just feel like I would have liked us at some point in the story, and we never get it. I wish we had gotten some kind of like even like off comment of how. Michael knew him. Like, he apparently just, like, there is a comment where he's just like, oh, I've always, like, you've always known Enki, or you've yeah. always known Anu. And just like, that's, no. Yeah. <laughs> I need a little bit more, a little bit more of an explanation as to how Ma- uh, Michael met Enki. <laughs> well, that sort of, for me, went, well, basically when he became um, self-aware, he started having dreams and thus he's known. Maybe, yeah. That, maybe that's it. But like, life. but that that's stretching it because it's not explained. Yeah, exactly. And that, uh, that, that's what I'm just saying. Like, we need an explanation of some kind. Yeah. Um, even like a like a like a. It doesn't even have to be a full paragraph. Just something like to give us some hint as to why or like how he met him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, throwing the machete over by the steering wheel. Um, foreshadowing. Will Melody use it? No. Wasted opportunity. Because <laughs> I was totes expecting, like, because he throws the machete to the steering wheel um, when he goes to, like, uh, grab the gun and, like, fire at the, the, the fuel and then cause, you know, the Vinny uh, uh, to get roasted. And so I was expecting, like, it's like, all right, now, Melody, we're fine. Hack. Oh. Like, and get stabbed by Melody. And then it turns out Melody was the true cultist or survivor. <laughs> um, but we don't get <laughs> yeah, and thinking about it, the whole stabbing of the bladder and letting the the fuel, fuel run run out and when you're in the middle, yeah, I know of the ocean. <laughs> I was just like, bang! <laughs> All that fuel, like the the fire's gonna go right along the fuel to the black to the bladder. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think? What are you doing? <laughs> do you want everyone to die? No one lives. Not even me. Anki, <laughs> preserve me. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just like... It's just like... What you think of there, cultist? <laughs> uh, again, you're a cultist, so... <laughs> um, also, hey, I guess we have a reason why all that fuel was mentioned earlier. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a plot device. <laughs> Um, after the shot, the image of the body in the fire was gone, and the screaming had stopped. 
He could hear something fall into the water. The body had fallen overboard. You know, I was thinking earlier on, this month-long deep-sea fishing trip would be a great means to dispose of bodies. <laughs> no one would find them. <laughs> Does that make me a bad person? Probably. <laughs> um, it is the face in which Is- Judas Iscariot was modeled in your creation myths. Out of all the times I've shown my face in history, none of them end in praise. It's the human spirit that hates the human spirit the most. It's an interesting revelation as to what is behind the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, rather biblical, but I can kind of dig it for this mythos. Wasn't quite what I was expecting, though. But again, I can kind of I, I kind of like what, uh, like the sentiment and like what he's going with with that revelation. So, um, and then right after that. I feel so naked when the earth's wind grazes against my flesh, regardless of its beauty. A little vain, but that's humanity for you. <laughs> As we find out that he's actually the manifestation of humanity. <laughs> um, uh, this one's just another, like, uh, like a, Nazi, a grammar Nazi thing. What are your intentions here? The you should be your. <laughs> um, we are actually getting to the end of my notes, at least yes. for the most part. Um Michael, please. It's what I want. I'll see you again in some way. Another life. Another universe. It doesn't matter to me. It'll be worth it. Perhaps as an alien AI on a ship that tests a clone of you. Hmm? A Sean Cognition? (laughs) (laughs) I see what you might have done there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was the part. That was the one that kind of solidified my idea of, like, again, like, the whole, like, oh, it's kind of like, uh... Uh, it's kind of like adding like Easter eggs to stories that aren't quite related, but like you've written. So like, yeah. oh my god, it's a, like a tied in little universe. And I'll get into that a little bit later at the very end of my notes because I have a couple of like general notes um, that just overall story. Um, and we follow up with another quote: "The object which she controlled now now at your control. You wished to seed her body whilst she was alive, and now that she is gone, she dislike she d- dislike it." If you kept your urges with you, Michael thought on it for a moment. Part of him wished to vomit, but the other half found sense in it. You truly have become the monster, Michael. <laughs> Once the tenderness of her of her body of her ah, yeah, I don't even want to say this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Once the tenderness of her loving body was revealed, he prepared himself. Okay, I really didn't need to. Wa- I really didn't need to read this part. <laughs> to do it on, pulling himself out of the body's grip. He pulled him. He pulled his own clothes on before fixing Melody's clothes. Yep, really didn't. Really, really didn't need to read that part. Could have been skimmed some. And there is more to that. St- that that whole. It's like two or three paragraphs, and I really did not need to read necrophilia. But all right, I get that you're trying to make Michael as much of a monster as possible. Um. You have completed your mission, Michael. Are your dreams coming into reality? Normally, Michael would be ecstatic, but this time, he was dead inside. Good answer. Good answer to all of that that we just had to deal with. Yes. Uh, Anki is my lord, as I am the lord of Mike over Michael. We're here, speaking their language, standing on an invention of theirs, and you claim you are their lord. Perhaps you need to rethink your status. I really like that verse, and 
that whole sentiment, like who creates who kind of thing. Like yeah. they're yeah, like they're 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 eldritch entities or they're cosmic entities that seem to want to play with, with humanity and yet they are using us, like using our language, using our things mm-hmm. um to communicate and to like to to exist on. It does kind of pose the question as who created who in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe some belief entity or something like that has gotten a little too big for its britches or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's like like the idea that kind of comes up to me, and I like really dig that concept. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we move for- and then we move into the last paragraph. The large roar of a greatly sized beast came from the ocean. As the surface began to crack, six giant hands, each bearing massive claws, crashed into the top of the ship. From each direction, whilst tentacles of even greater size did the same, pulling it and any evidence of the day's events into the depths of the ocean. Damn those mystery squid things popping up everywhere. First in random video games across N64 and Assassin's Creed, and now in my my creepypastas. Though it was an interesting, yeah. A seriousness aside, though, it was that was actually kind of a, a rather appropriate ending to the story. Rather oceanic. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, like, yeah, basically, yeah. Either a kraken or Cthulhu or some eldritch god or yeah. or some great old one or something like that just came up from, I guess, the Gulf of Mexico or something. Because I guess that's where they are. Like they're in Coral Gables, which I. Th- Think is on the is is the Gulf side of Florida, okay. but it might be on the other side because they're in international waters. I don't know how far the international waters go within the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like yeah, just like oh, and then actually, if you want, and then like there could be something to that as well. Like maybe the creature does dwell in the Gulf of Mexico because the Gulf of Mexico is supposed to be um, the the remnant of a crater of the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like its home, like it's at the center of the crater um, because it came down on Earth. Um, I don't know. We have some answers. We have some questions. And I definitely have some 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 more some afterthoughts for the story at hand. Um, do you want me to continue with those, or do you want to go into your stuff with your quotes and all that? Because uh, mine are more like basically like generalized, like my feelings about the story, whereas the everything else that I've just rambled on about have basically just been like the directly at, at quotes and stuff like that in the story. Well, so. do you want to tie that into your recommendation? I guess I will, yeah. Yeah, we'll tie that into the recommendation. So, now that you guys have have sat through my my thoughts on the matter, uh, or uh, the story itself, uh, Mikey, he stands for evil. What do you got? Alright. So, the beginning. <laughs> We're going back. <laughs> uh, the prologue. Um, so... The first section I'm going to talk about uh, is something that is prominent throughout the story, which is there's constant use of words that need to be defined as being someone. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, like, again, like, there are there are combat sequences that happen, there are yeah. parts, um, like, just somebody says something, and you're like, who's saying this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now... It, Early on in the first ten paragraphs, there's a sentence that mentions Melody, Michael, Vincent, and then the next sentence goes on to say, they've fucked and confessed feelings for each other (laughs) multiple times over the years, but it never escalated. So I'm just sitting here thinking, 
so they had a th- orgy? Menage a trois? Yeah, no, it, it, like, yeah, it, it doesn't... Some things need to be, like, again, like, we need to know who's doing what. Yeah. More in the story. Yeah. Uh, and I have more examples, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I also brought some up, too. You brought so. some up, too. Uh, and then uh, I got to the tenth paragraph, end sentence, and it says, All four of them loved the sport and had been thinking about this trip for a very long time. At this point, I'd forgotten all about the fishing. (laughs) And I was like, what sport? Hunting man? (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) At which point I went back to the very first paragraph where it states they're going on a deep-sea fishing trip. Yeah. So, paragraph one, paragraph paragraph ten. ten, You're lost. You're lost. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> he he describes a lot of things, yeah, the, but doesn't describe things like the things that r- kind of matter in the story, like or doesn't yeah. put enough clarity in, into some of the yeah. descriptions. Yeah, that because for that one, it's the first paragraph. They're going says they're going deep sea fishing, and then he goes into sort of character development, yeah. explaining things, and then suddenly back to. The sport, and yeah. it's like, which sport? I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, ah. But then uh, I like the fact that Hunting Man ended up being a, sort of a. <laughs> your go to? Uh, well, it ended up working out for the story. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Because <laughs> basically we're watching the. Uh, we're, we're, we're living through the eyes of a, of a serial killer or of a slasher, a slasher yeah. movie monster. Yeah. We just didn't know it at the beginning. Uh, and then onwards to the second section, uh, where we have the quote, The waves roared through the air, smashing into the side of the docks. A relatively calm day, disrupted by some water. (laughs) Uh, uh, um... Well, I mean, maybe the wind. Well, he does say he does say it's been. A, it was a calm day otherwise. So, like, there's no wind or anything like that. So but maybe there has yeah, to no, be it, wind. It's a bit of an, an oxymoron. <laughs> well, you know what? Not true. I will actually say. I will actually refute that. Not true. As somebody who lives has lived on the water for for many years, I can tell you that it can be a but, calm wind, calm windless day, and you can get ridiculous uh, uh, waves. Okay. Like because it's roaring waves. Yeah. Smash oh into a dock. yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, I live on like my my cottage is on the on the open side of an island. So when the uh, so we get like the full brunt of the lake itself coming in to onto the island. So but and but it, yeah, it can be a perfectly calm like wind like windless day, like maybe a light breeze at most, and then the waves themselves are just torrentially coming down on us okay. on our docks and on our uh, like beachfronts. So yeah, <laughs> I refute your 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 say that. But only because, like, yeah. I have some in some background knowledge on that whole thing. But just that whole yeah, two yeah. sentences together. <laughs> I will say, though, it is kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> or it feels kind of like a... Uh, is oxymoron the right word? It well, is kind of a... It is, it, it, yeah, it definitely. is kind of a contradictory yeah. statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 and we touched on the... To the right the yeah, area, yeah. they would be fishing. And my notes just say... Why not say the direction of north, east, south, or west at this point? Yeah. Or the nautical <laughs> or, terms. Well, like we but said. they're not on the boat at that point. That's true. Yeah. So, 
they do the actual direction at that point and then run on the boat, do the nautical turns. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since Vinny seems to be like one with the sea. Yeah. And it, he has a boat. Why wouldn't he, he has not a, He know? has his boat's name tattooed to his arm. Yeah. Why would he not know the nautical terms? Right? Uh, I got the nautical terms here. Aft equals middle. <laughs> Yay. Um, bow is the front. Starboard is the right-hand side while facing forward. And port is the left-hand side while facing forward. So I think there's another part that says, uh, yeah, to the back right corner of the boat was the on-fuel bladder deck. But so the which aft. right? <laughs> so the right of the, the right aft? I don't know. No, well, it's either um, on the, the starboard right, which is you're facing the front of the boat and it's on the right, or it's the port yeah. Right. Because <laughs> you're facing the back. So, just things like that. Uh, do, do, do. Um, yeah. All right. And then at the dialogue, when they're going to sleep, um, we have, Good night, Joshy, he said, mocking him. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Who's saying that? And... Who are you mocking? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you mocking Joshi? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is that how Joshi talks? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is this Vinny? <laughs> yeah. Or is this? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I was a little confused by that. <laughs> yeah. Do, 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 do. And it's assumed that it's Michael talk. Okay, it's Michael right now talking to Joshua and mocking Joshua. Also, was it just me, or, like, the use of Joshua, like, the full name was kind of a no... Like, I, I get that it's a full name and some of that, and, like, it it works, but while I was reading I was like, can you just say Josh? Can you just write Josh, not Joshua, all of that? Uh, I just felt like I didn't want to say, keep saying... Jo- I didn't want to keep reading Joshua, because it's kind of a... not. It's not even a long name. It's kind of a clunky name, though, in reading. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's, just like, a personal opinion on that, but... It, yeah, I just like I, I kind of got a little irritated whenever Joshua was was the name that was I had to read because it's kind of hard to like it, I don't know like I found it kind of like irritating to read Joshua was doing this or like Joshua was doing that like just use Josh it's because it's multiple syllables yeah that's that might be it's just yeah because Josh one syllable Josh ooh uh three yeah exactly <laughs> and again like that's just personal opinion like on the on a name <laughs> so. Alright, uh, onwards. So, this is when he sort of starts the dream sequence. Okay. And the first sentence of the first paragraph. Opening his eyes, he awoke, sitting up as fast as he could, looking around. Okay. First sentence of the second paragraph reads, The air around him was so humid, he found himself... Sweating as he laid still. Okay. Forcing him to remove his blanket. So, he goes to an upright position, and then he suddenly <laughs> lies <laughs> removing his blanket. <laughs> yeah. He shot up, and then he went back down, and put his blanket over him, and then realized, man, I'm sweating. <laughs> then he shot back up again, only to fall back down and remove his blanket. <laughs> Multiple blankets. <laughs> Blanketception. Uh, okay. Uh, the next issue I had was at 
the beginning of the section for international waters. So this is after the dream sequence. Okay. The first, like, two and a half paragraphs don't say, it's Michael. They just use he, his, him. Like it's supposed to, well, because like, you're supposed to assume that it's Michael. It's a continuation, but, but yeah. it's a new section. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, God, like, new section. Tell us who is there and what's happening. Yeah, it, that seems to be uh, an overarching like vibe with this story. Yeah, that kind of didn't really happen. I don't, I don't recall it happening in the Nightman, but no, it's been a while since we read the Nightman. So <laughs> he's he fixed some problems because like the the descriptors aren't as like or there's a, there's actually a lot more description in like fights and some of that and a lot more like in depth things in the story than there was in the nightman like where he skimmed over some stuff but then he makes new problems yeah <laughs> okay uh and then do, do, do. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that one so I won't mention it but in the scene where he's looking in the mirror I think it's his brushing his teeth. Yeah, he's brushing his teeth, and then um, the, the masked man's behind him. Yeah, so he he moves his arm, and it, it mimics him, and then and then the sentence next, the left, like his left arm. Yeah, but he that could have been more descriptive. Yeah, like next he he moved his head to the left, and the man in the mirror copied his moves exactly. Would have yeah. Or, yeah, because he's moving his head and it's following him, but he just said, move my head to the right, next to the left. I'm like, next to the left? <laughs> just, like, next to the left. Like, like he yeah. moved it right and then to the left. Like, yeah, yeah. It's assumed that that's what it is, but it's just those three words. Next, the left. I didn't really have that much of a problem with that sequence. Like, that might be a nitpick, uh, I'm going to say, for that one. <sighs> um, but... Yeah, because it I, could be more descriptive. It could be, and I, I, it's kind of funny because I'm like I'm hearing our like comments on that, and then realizing it's like we're we're complaining about not being descriptive enough in parts, and then not being, and then too much description in other parts. <laughs> well, yeah, that seems to be the the, the the overarching issue here. Yeah. Uh, oh, and this is a uh, an obvious mis well wrong word. Okay. Uh, looking down, he noticed a small open blue color. It's supposed to be cooler. Oh, <laughs> damn that open blue color! <laughs> so open, free. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll run. Er, no, this is just simple spelling mistakes. Yeah. Uh, do, do, do. I did catch a couple of other ones. I just didn't mention because. Yeah, the, we get to a point where like you got you got just yeah. Th- there's a lot of simple spelling mistakes. Yeah, I even noticed like Google Doc would like pick up a couple and it's like, all right, well, yeah, I yeah, spelling check. Yeah, spelling check would work or spell check would help. We did that one, and then this is all one sentence here. Oh, you found a run on? No, no, it's not a run on. It's just it's confusing how. The first part of the sentence relates to the second part. Okay. Which is, the smell of salt water around him, comma. His chest felt full and heavy. Yeah. I don't know. Just... Um, again, something to do with when you're on the ocean and some of that. Um, it, uh, as far as I can tell, like from what I got off of that, because I, I do recall that one, um, either 
it's because like when you breathe in, like, when you when you go out into seeing some of that, mm-hmm. um, like the salt water, the salt air, mm-hmm. the salt air can be rather um, uh, jarring <laughs> when you when you start breathing it in. It's like oh, like because so there's particles in the air and shit, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing I can take from it is maybe because like his chest is heavy with what he's going to do next, what he knows he's going to do next. Uh, potentially, but it's just. Those two things together just... They didn't work for you? It didn't make much sense to me. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, here's something that obviously needs a rewrite. Okay. Uh, when Josh... I'm going to call Josh, not Joshua. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, is doling out the food. Yeah. So, arriving at the trio... He passed Melody her food first, before Michael, and then Vincent. So, it, the order isn't exactly there, because, like, so... Yeah, you should have just said, like, he passed the food to Melody, then Michael, well, then Ma- Markle, then Michael, <laughs> then Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, there's more to this, so... And then Vincent, whom had to stop leaning in his seat. And this comes another issue that is prominent throughout, which is the use of whom is used incorrectly. Yeah. Like, every time I read whom, I looked at my... And, well, I did a Google search of who versus whom. Yeah. And the the basic um, way to figure it out uh, is if you can re- replace it with a he, it's who. If you can replace it with him, it's a whom. That makes sense. So... Uh, Base example of where it's wrong, another one. Uh, Melody had just finished handing her plate over to Joshua, whom took it right out of her hand, placing it in her yeah, hands. Yeah, because I'm, 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 I was replacing with he and yeah, he and him, and I was like, yep, he would work. So therefore, who would work? Yeah. Yeah. And like every use of whom is wrong. Oh, I'm not going to go into all of them because I was just like, because <laughs> it's so jarring when you know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And the first time I read it, I was like, that doesn't seem right. And I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't yeah. right. And the fact that I was right, I was like, yes. <laughs> but Scroll for Mikey. Boom. E stands for evil. <laughs> S, stands for, S stands for spelling. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do, do. Uh, do, do. Yeah, and at one point, Josh and Michael are having a conversation in the cold room, and one of the dialogues just says, he said, but doesn't <laughs> specify who says it. God damn it. <laughs> so, it's assumed it's Michael, but it could just be Josh monologuing. Well, what's, what's the, uh, what was the uh, qu- I don't, oh, you don't have, have it here, okay. but it's in uh, a sign of death to come section. Oh, okay. Uh, do, do, do. Onwards to the nasty part. Yeah. Uh, with. Okay, so the small intestine, he states that it releases gas. Poo gas. But my basic, basic, basic understanding of oh, anatomy yeah. is that the small intestine is filled with liquid. Yeah, like digestive fluids. Yeah, and then the large intestine is where the right. poo gas is. Right. Yeah. So I was actually, that's that's also on me with my notes because I basically started just going off. I was like, "You're eating poop. <laughs> You're just chewing on poop." 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like yeah, like it yeah, just basically be, that's probably why. Oh well, that's also why he says in it like it tasted of salt and like uh like the bitter taste and so that because of the digestive fluids rather than you know it tasted yes. awful right. because you're eating poop. But he does specify gas releases. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean those chemicals all like just digestion itself does also cause gases to be made. So maybe it's just the smell or like the just the wafting of it. I don't know. I'm trying to throw something at it, but <laughs> yeah. It's not sticking up already, so uh. Alright. So do, 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 do. here. Okay, this is when he's um, sort of beginning the fight with uh, Vincent. Uh, He walked to his side and raised the machete into the air. How does one walk (laughs) to one side? (laughs) Wait, he walked to his side? Like, walked to Vincent's side? Yeah, but at this point it's not... Explained. Okay. Who there is are, it? I, I understand. Though there is some, there's a lot I, of assuming. There, no, there is some. There is some room for just assuming that uh, things. But the, yeah. Yeah, I do like. I do agree. Like the majority of what we've brought up should have some kind of more like direction as to who's doing what. Yeah. But that one in particular for me, I I'm gonna stand by and say that like that one was probably fine. Because, yeah, we know he's going beside Vinny. Mm-hmm. But. During the, the fight scene, uh, the author starts a paragraph with he. Yeah. And, and we don't know who's. Uh, well, it's the assumed it's Vinny because of what happens during the sentence, mm-hmm. which is he swung the knife back in an attempt to defend himself, missing the strike. So, defending himself, Vinny is in the defensive position. Yeah. And then the next sentence goes into Michael returned the favor by swinging. So, obviously, it's Vinny. It's Vinny, but it would be nice to have Vinny yeah. swung the knife. Yeah, like, the, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to have the name, the names constantly being in, like, like being mentioned in some of that, uh, in some things, but you do, like, when it comes to combat, like, yeah. some kind of, like, combat sequence, you do want to know who's throwing who's the doing punches. What? Mm. Yeah. All that wonderful stuff. At the very least, one of them, because then you can figure out who's defending themselves or who's, yeah. And and then just a general uh, question here. So this story has gore and technically has porn. Does that make it gore porn? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The The last half of it, anyway. Could be classified as gore porn. All right. <laughs> um, and honestly, like by like, the first half of the story for me felt like an '80s slasher flick. Yeah. The second half felt like a '70s slasher flick, where it's just exploitative mm. gore and horrible sexual horrible things. Like the like the, basically, it went from Jason or like from like Michael Myers to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, with its graphic exploitative nature at the end, by the end, and then suddenly, and then we suddenly get like revelations about the cosmos and reality and the Lovecraftian horrors that that, can, that toy with humanity at the end. So, I guess mm. still within that decade range because <laughs> psychedelic horror and or uh, cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that pretty much covers my notes. 
Okay. The rest I'll save for recommendation. Yeah. All right. So here's my afterthoughts, basically. Like the stuff that I took after I was done basically reading the story and writing down like comments on, on the side mm-hmm. to uh, certain things. This is my general thoughts on the story. So I really dig the mythos and the story particularly. Um, it still has some over-descriptiveness, um, but is not as much as the Nightman, and that helps. Um, though it is there, like as we've, we've brought up. Um, and there, it's there in wrong in, in, in a different. There's some problems in a different way with that. Um, I love the '80s slasher horror elements and the good pacing of supplying us with information about the cosmology that's and what's going on exactly. As Michael's doing these tests and he's getting performing them and so that and then the uh, the uh, not the Nightman, <laughs> the Man in the Mask, and uh, some of the other entities will parse out information as to what's going on. To Michael as a reward, and as a reward to us as the reader right, for reading through the story and getting to that part, it, it's paced out like over in, in segments uh, in a segmented way, which is I, don't, I liked that style of like delivering you information about the world. Um, the the gore and more disturbing sequences like the necrophilia um, are a bit gratuitous. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, or just like a minute, a few minutes ago, um, the story's first half is basically an '80s horror movie, um, mm-hmm. like either we Jaws or like Jason versus or like Jason versus Freddy, or uh, <laughs> or um, like an '80s slasher flick, like mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween kind of thing, like where you get to know the characters or you get to know the victims, and then the killer starts killing them off in a single night. I was actually a little concerned when it was like, man, you guys are going to run out there for a month? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's going to take over. Is this story going to be a span over a course of a month? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but then, as again, like once the gore, once cannibalism started coming into play, it really did start at the cannibalism part. I was like, all right, so this is still kind of an 80s horror movie, but it's also more of a 70s um, gore exploitative like horror film, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, and what have you? Um, I feel like those those gore scenes and those and the necrophilia could definitely have been insinuated more than shown. Yeah, like you didn't have to go into such fine detail um, yeah. reg- with either of them because, as a normal reader, that's going to deter a lot of people. Yeah, um, I'm reading it like again. I'm a horror movie buff, and like I've seen some sick shit. I've read some sick shit. And this was like, oh god, this is what I'm reading. I really don't want to read this. I got to for the sto- for the for the show and for like to finish the story. But I really don't want to read this part, this next couple of paragraphs. <laughs> um, I think he could have definitely with the necrophilia, he could have just skimmed over, like just insinuated that he did some some horrible deed with the body. <laughs> did not need to go into the the. And again, he's trying to portray like basically this man's descent into madness and horror. Um, yeah. And how he's turning to the dark side, basically. Uh, and he definitely turns to the dark side. Um, on that note, so a, a little bit of critique. So I do like Dread as a cosmic entity, like this manifestation of human mm-hmm. spirit. Um, but I gotta say, his tactics of rebelling are a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. So he spends the entire story as an observer and like aid for this killer, for this for this would be killer. Following his basically being his Virgil to his Dante going through hell, and mm-hmm. but 
he's more of an enabler in the yeah. test than some defiant like rebellious entity yeah. um to the to the mastermind of the behind this uh the the cosmic universe entity mm-hmm. um why so, so why did you ex- so why did he expect to be able to turn Michael at the end after he had let him go down the slippery slope of madness and yeah. like cannibalism and necrophilia and all this horrible yeah. stuff that would break a human being yeah and then try and reason with him yeah. to to not fight this <laughs> like it just seemed like a very poor planning on Dredd's part <laughs> yeah well like the the most opportune time would be when uh, Melody was still alive yes and then, it was like, and then, and then, yeah, and then it's like it's not until after he tells her, he tells uh, Michael that he chose poorly, and Melody actually chose correctly by saying no to Enki. Yeah, and like I guess maybe like his his motive wasn't really to try and change him, Michael, but trying to again worm some conscious, some morality and consciousness into Mendez, who yeah. he had said earlier like was men, was he's trying to basically. At the right moment, Mendez will join his side mm-hmm. um, because of the the seeds of doubt he's putting into his mind by giving him human morality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like his tactics were a little flawed. Yeah. <laughs> by the end, like, what did you expect? You tried to offer, you tried to offer the light side to the guy who's descending down to the dark side, but the dark side had cookies now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. You, you've already like driven this man irrevocably insane. You're not bringing him back. Yeah. He's gone too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Easter eggs um, that are in this one. Uh, I feel a little richer reading the Nightman and even Tabula Rasa, which I believe is a separate story to uh, to this mythos. Like it has, I think it has its own like little universe going on. Mm-hmm. I think um, Sean Cognition or Sean Howell CP. Um, however persona you want to take. If you're listening to this, maybe let us know, because, uh, or let me know, because I'm kind of curious about that. Um, because when, again, like when, uh, I, I noticed it right off the bat, basically, that Melody was the same name as the AI from Tabula Rasa. And then I actually went through and looked up, and most of the names in the story, like Michael and Joshua, and I, don't, I think Vincent, but maybe I was, I, I couldn't find, I wasn't sure about Vincent. They're all, they're all mentioned in, in Tabula Rasa. So he's reusing the names, um, and it it gave me a little bit more that like more of like oh like there's little nods and bits and pieces of like Easter eggs to other stories that he's written. It's like kind of creating this shared universe kind of thing uh, of a creator. It's kind of like the same feeling I got um, not to well to use a very like high regarded uh, example uh, using Stephen King, when I read Stephen King's It and the car from Christine is described as the car. The the bully at the uh, uh, uses or is supplied by Pennywise to go after the Losers Club um, at the near the end of the story. Um, when you realize that, that the car that he describes it's it's the Christine car, and it's like wait that's Christine. Oh, is this like shared universe stuff? And I really like that like metafiction that like adding in little Easter eggs. And I mean like somebody who hasn't read any of his other stories, they aren't going to ruin this story by having those because. They're just kind of hinted at. They're nodded at. Yeah. But somebody who's read the other stories, who's read, who uh, has a little bit more of a more experience in the writing of uh, of this author, you get a deeper connection to the lore that's being built in the story. Like just out of like kind of a meta, almost like a metafiction kind of thing. And I just really enjoyed that about the story. Um, 
I generally, I'm more interested now in the, in the In Torment series than I was with the Nightman. With the end of the Nightman, I was kind of left confused as to what the hell the cosmology was all about. Because mm-hmm. it was, I kind of felt like Taggart, just kind of being stumbling into this whole mess. Yep. Um, however, with this one, we get much more of a concrete um, uh, explanation for what's going on. But it's not done super obtrusely, like, or just bluntly. Like, it's not exposition, exposition. Um, it's more like, uh, it, it, it's, it's handed part, like, through parts. Like, it's integrated into the story itself. Which is usually what you want to try and do as a writer, is try and add in like show, like show your grand cosmology, but like in bits and pieces in your story. And this one does it much better than the Nightman did, because mm-hmm. we actually get to know a little bit more about it. We, I still have tons of questions about this cosmology and this the mythos that's going on. But yeah, as a I, I just yeah as a reader, I'm I'm looking forward to reading the next couple of installments and eventually the In Torment series. Um. Because of the just how well it was explained, or basically how like how well it was clarified. So yeah, that's that's kind of my my afterthoughts on this on this on the story as a whole is definitely could uh, there the descriptions could be lessened in certain spots, could be added in other parts, like some basically like go through the story again and kind of like figure out like or like piece like parse parse out what doesn't really need to be there and then maybe add a few things that do should be there like again the naming conventions yeah skim past the necrophilia maybe um like just mm. tell don't show don't don't show us that just yeah. insinuate what happened yeah. um but otherwise like this is a much more concrete much more coherent um story with regards to telling us the cosmology of yeah the entorment universe uh, and I'm look, like I said, I'm looking forward to reading their other ones. So, uh, anything else to say before we go into full recommendations? Or uh, no, no, okay. no, it's recommendations. All right. Um, well, then in that case, yeah. With that in mind, um, yeah. I like I said, I liked the first. Like I liked this story basically throughout. There were there are tons of pro- There are there are problems with it, um, but I will recommend this because it's just a fun like kind of. A horror story reminiscent of like an 80s slasher flick or like horror story um and you get a lot more you find out a lot more about the world in this one um and you can understand it a little bit more uh than than with the nightman um i'd still maybe recommend reading the nightman first but honestly at this point i almost want to go back and read the nightman and see what what was what, what i didn't notice in that one compared to this one um I guess it could go either way. You could either read the Nightman before or after this one, because they do like drop a bunch of like a bunch of little like Easter egg, like a lot more blatant Easter eggs at the end, where it's like it's like you're sending them to that place in Pennsylvania. That's where Taggart, Detective Taggart from the 1946 uh, 1946 moved to after uh, the incidents there. <laughs> yeah. Well, although again, it's they're both prequels, so yeah. eventually reading the initials torment series might be might have done some better maybe not some better but we're we're already down this path we're reading it in chronological <laughs> order as it is so um yeah for me it could go either way you could either read the nightman um before or after this one um but i think you should read it just to kind of get more context on this as as kind of Outsider as it was, or as like kind of like hard to follow as it was in terms of the cosmology, it gets it basically comes to light in this story mm-hmm. for me. 
Um, so yeah, I'd recommend this story full, wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey, your recommendation. Um, well, mine's impartial because the story, like when you actually figure out what's going on, isn't that bad. Yeah. But when it comes to how it's delivered, you didn't w- like it with all the not really telling us who's doing what when things are happening um, there's actually a lot of the paragraphs could be merged in some way because there's a, a lot of like two or three sentence paragraphs that could have just been that could be merged together and in fact oh, some of them have the start with the he and stuff like that where if they were part of the previous paragraph, solves part of the issue. Yeah. So there's stuff like that, and obviously the incorrect use of whom throughout. Like, if you like your grammar, I don't recommend reading this. <laughs> um, it definitely could use with a uh, another look around and, uh, yeah. and editing. Yeah, and another round of editing, if it's had any editing. Well, obviously had some editing yeah. for words, but not looked close enough because we found words that yeah, were course. spelled correctly, but were the wrong word, or extra words that didn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, this does a lot of things that, if somebody had looked at it, could have been resolved beforehand. Yeah. So... It, that's really what took me the longest to get through this was all the was all the uh, editing issues I well yeah. like or just like the, the the issues with like uh, who was what and yeah that's weird because like I mean I was reading through it and I really wasn't having like again I kind of go into when I read stories I don't really go into full on like critique editing mode but like I do pick up things but otherwise I don't let them get me get, get uh, ruin the story for me so but well, it's, it's kind of the difference between our like our two views on when it comes to reading stories. So, or for the sto- for the show, yeah. anyways. As well. And, and it, it comes down to clarity. Yeah. Like, if you're clear on who's doing what, and clear on how the boat is configured by using nautical terms, yeah. <laughs> it makes for a much smoother read for the audience. Yeah. So. That's a little where... bit, yeah. Basically, yeah. Just edit, like a little another editing round would help with the story. Uh, maybe take some of our advice, like of using nautical terms and s- like skimming some things, would help with immensely for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, we did have because um, uh, Sean Cognition did actually get a hold of us after the Nightman and said that he was planning on re- uh, revising the Nightman based on our suggestions and or like some of our like comments and stuff like that. So. He's able to like do some editing, like work on like the the pasta on wiki on the wiki site, as far as I can tell. So hopefully that stuff gets like some things get fixed, or maybe to get like maybe he does take some of our suggestions to heart for it, or looks at over it again and realizes, oh, there's more than just what we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, again, like like if it's been a couple of months since last he like read it or rewrote re- uh, wrote it, like. 
mm-hmm. go back to it and it's like oh yeah like a fresh a fresh pair of eyes like that's kind of how our show tends to work because mm-hmm. we we're going we usually go into these stories pretty uh pretty just like do it live kind of just like read it uh, for the show and then oh there's a lot of these issues here mm-hmm. <laughs> that an author might not pick up because they're in the moment and they're writing the story yeah. and there is a writing technique where you write it down mm-hmm. and you, you, you don't before. care about what uh, the spelling, grammar, anything, and then like because it's just to get the ideas out. Yeah. But the thing with that is that it does require a fair amount of editing once you've done that. Yeah. Like you have to make it flow and make it make sense and clarification like find logic or find like logic problems and fix those and then make sure the pacing's okay so you not feel it doesn't feel rushed like we have yeah. so many times in the store on, on the show yeah yeah like yeah it, it's just basically again editing rounds after editing rounds yeah um, like anything well a lot of stuff that is printed by reputable names has editors yeah like you mentioned Stephen King i'm sure he has a few editors that are on speed dial whenever he finishes a book because he's got hundreds. I mean, right? hell, the first one being his, <laughs> his wife. Yeah. From what I've heard for um, uh, a couple of times um, in like little like preamble things. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, and again, like Creep Pastas. I mean, they're they're amateur story writing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think the Tor- in Torment series would be like a cool novel. Like, if it was actually published, like, I, obviously it would have to be edited like a lot more, a few yeah. more times. But like, so far, I'd like, I'd like to actually own like a book of in Torment <laughs> um, down the road, maybe. But yeah, like um, as they are, like creep bosses aren't aren't published pieces, like or aren't yeah. like aren't ones that yeah, go yeah. into like aren't, aren't like aren't full like aren't completed pieces sometimes in, in some yeah. respects like they're they do require some editing because they are basically put out there on the internet and you know what's that sometimes they're put out on the internet just for like critique and comment and, yeah. and editing work so it's just part of the process of the yeah. writing process um mm. so with all that basically just a tentative uh recommendation yeah yeah like i said the, there is a story that has some entertainment value to it mm-hmm. if you can get past the writing okay. and how it's written. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our two uh, recommendations for it then. <laughs> so if you like what you heard or you didn't, uh, leave us a comment in the comment section below wherever this gets posted, whether it be on Kiwi6, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr. Uh, we're on iTunes, so leave us a rating or a review. Every little bit helps. Let us know how we're doing, if, how, if we need to edit more, <laughs> or if we need to, to work something out. Um, and uh, you can also uh, send us those messages on Twitter, at the E stands for Evil, for Mikey, uh, or at Review Cultist, for the Review Cultist. Uh, you can also send us emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Where you can also leave a suggestion for other creepypastas you'd like us to discuss on the show. Uh, and if um, you'd like to check out the title cards for each episode, you can check them out at crazonstudios.tumblr.com or on the YouTube channel, uh, Eldante Rigamortis, where you can uh, wa- watch or listen to the video versions of the podcast. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, you can go to Patreon and donate. Um, go to Eldante uh, Rigamortis on Patreon and select the patron tier you'd like us to, you'd like to back us at uh we usually offer behind the scenes content 
early episodes and just Patreon-specific episodes. So, until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. And I'm Mikey. The E stands for evil. And this has been Aldente Rigamortis. Sleep well. The stuff I do for this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're back. In pog form. Woo! <laughs> Man, we were pogs. <laughs> Remember the 90s? <laughs>